Well, welcome along. I don't know about you guys, but uh, communication can sometimes be a little bit difficult. And uh, I just want to look at that over the next three or four weeks in um, a few different areas. And what I've found is that sometimes I communicate well, but sometimes I'm pretty bad. So, for example, Joe will say to me, I will say to Joe, do you need anything from the shop? And she'll go, yes, I need whatever. And I'm pretty sure that my brain goes, make sure you forget that. Because <laughs> when I get home, it's like, oh, sorry, Joe, I forgot. Not every time, but there's some blockage in my brain, whatever it might be, that stops me doing that for her. I just want you to have a look at a, a few signs now um, that have been around the place, just in terms of communication. Don't let worries kill you, let the church help. <laughs> Is that what that's meant to say? <laughs> Next one. Stop here when flashing. Heavy pedestrian <laughs> traffic. <laughs> Parking lot under police surveillance. Do not leave valuables in the vehicle. Well, we could trust them, hey? Wash and vacuum, senior citizens, $15.95. Now that's a good price, right? To vacuum your grandma, take her down there. <laughs> so we see these signs and they obviously are meant to convey one meaning, yet they're conveying a totally different meaning. And often in life that's what it's like for us. We, we get into places where we don't communicate very well and what I really want to look at is, well, I guess listening. Not this week, we're just going to sort of set it up. But listening in communication, how do I listen to understand what does God say about listening to understand? How do I actually communicate properly? How do I get my thoughts, my feelings across in a way that's clear? And how do we solve conflict or at least attempt to solve conflict and have the heart to solve conflict? All these things are so important in our lives, aren't they? There's not one part of our life where this won't affect, whether it's your workplace, whether it's relationships with your family, whether it's relationship with God, whether it's relationship with pretty much anyone, a customer, whatever it might be, communication really matters. It's something that we need to get right and it's a heart that we need to have. I remember once when I was um, a young fellow, again, I like these young fellow stories, um, and I saw a, a friend in the shop, okay, so I'd been, this is a guy who I worked with and, and his wife was with him. And I was like, well, I can see him. They also went to the same church as me at that time. And I saw him in the shop, went up to him, and all of a sudden I saw this really angry look on his face, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? We seem to get on really well. Anyway, I said, hey, here you go. And he says, I'm going to wipe that smile off your face. I'm going to punch it out. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, what have I done now? There's a communication problem somewhere, I'm sure. But anyway, I was like, being a smart aleck, I said, you could never wipe this smile off my face anyway. So, you know, in a loving, genuine way. <laughs> but I actually sort of meant it. It's like, you know what, my joy doesn't come from you punching my face in or not. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I'll still be happy just with no teeth. Um, anyway, <laughs> I figured this needed to be sorted out right. So I think I was about 20 at the time, something like that. I drove around to the house and I sat down and I said, listen, something's obviously wrong, what is it? 
And what had happened was earlier on in the day, we'd been at a music practice and his wife had been singing in communities quite a bit, so um, out in Aboriginal communities, in front of hundreds of people. And and we were about to do a production where she was going to be singing and, and I thought I was being so encouraging. I was like, you know what, you can sing in front of all those people out in the communities, you can do it here. Now that sounds encouraging, right? But to her it came across very differently. It was like, What's wrong with you? You're singing out there, but you can't sing here. Whether it was what I said or whether what she heard, that was the problem. There was a problem. And, and we find that that happens everywhere in our lives, doesn't it? It's like I'm sure there's been times when you've said something to someone and they've come back with you and, back to you and you're like, I'm sure I didn't say that. There's probably been times when you've reacted to people and, and in the end they're like, why did you react like that? This is what I meant. And you're like, Ah, oh, I get it now. But as Christians especially, the way we communicate is so important for us to grow in wisdom, to grow in understanding, to reduce conflict, to actually talk the truth to one another in love and grow the body of Christ. But throughout our life we're so often taught bad communication methods, right? We're taught how to communicate badly, whether it's because we had a mum or dad that didn't listen and demanded things, or whether we're too shy or too... Um, afraid to actually speak what we actually believe or know. Whatever it might be, there's all these things that block our communication um, in listening and in talking. And in the long run, if we don't try to address those things in a godly way or even in a non-godly way, in terms of like whatever method might work in my workplace, we're always going to have trouble. We're always going to have conflict in our life so it's so important that we get this right. Amos 3.3, which is a book in the Old Testament, says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And that's what we're really all about, isn't it? We want to make sure that we're going in the right direction and we're going together, not just as individuals, but as couples, as families, as friends, as a church, that we are moving forward, we have understanding and we've grown in knowledge. Jesus grew in understanding and wisdom. And he was an awesome communicator. He knew how to get his message across clearly. There are times when, yes, he had to come across forcefully, but if you have a look at, at most of his life, there's a real dialogue happening. He's trying to get to know the hearts of people and understand them, but he also then had a heart for them. And God has always communicated to us from the beginning of time. So when he created the Garden of Eden at the very first day, he created a place that, that then when he finally set man in on the sixth day, he used to come down in the evenings and talk with Adam and Eve and communicate with them. That was God's plan, to, to have this relationship that was free and open and honest and then sin came in and Adam hid. And all of a sudden the communication was broken. Not only did sin enter and separate us from God in, in terms of the sin separating, but we began to separate ourselves from him because he was always coming towards us and he's always come towards us. He, he sent Jesus when we were not his friends at all. We didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it still. And I just marvel at that amazing gift of grace that he sent Jesus Christ. Can you think about that for a minute? Just like, he didn't need us. We're not that awesome. 
But he still came because he loves us so much. Wow. <laughs> that in itself communicates something, doesn't it? That while we were his enemies, he came. Not like we, we know that we'd die for a good person, wouldn't we? Maybe. <laughs> but there's some people in our lives that we think, yeah, man, they're worth dying for. They're a good person. But I tell you what, you're not going to go and die for someone who's horrid, are you? Someone who's your enemy, someone who hates you, you're not going to go and give your life for them. Yet that's what God did. He said, I love you so much, I'm just going to have to do this. It's the only way, and he did it. So he has always been communicating to us. And I want to go through a story in Genesis uh, chapter 18. And this is a, a passage where Abraham and God are talking. So... In this passage here, it's, it's talking about the Lord actually being physically present. The word Lord does equal Jehovah for those who, who are wondering, is it God or not God? But we know that no one has ever seen the Father's face. But there's this physical manifestation of God here in this passage. This is known as a theophany, where they believe that these, these times are when Jesus, before his incarnation, which means he came as a man, appeared. Another time when that would be was when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in a fire and there was another man in the fire with them and they said it seemed like the Son of Man and that was Jesus. So the story we're going to look at is a picture of how we should enter into communication. So this is the base. What is it that we're trying to achieve? What's our heart in communication, because if we don't get this right, if we go into communicating with other people with the wrong heart, we're going to get the wrong outcome. Okay? So what we're going to look at is Abraham's heart, how he did it, what he communicated, and we're also going to look at what God did, because so often we think that God's not really into that, right? God's just there to boss me around. That's how God communicates. He tells me what to do and not, not to do. He's not actually really interested in knowing me and, and talking with me. But this story will show you that actually God is really interested in dialoguing with us. And not only that, there's a problem here. Because Abraham was outside of a city called Sodom where his um, nephew Lot was and the, and the city was so sinful that God said, I'm going to destroy it. And what we're going to do is pick up on this story where, where God has come and he's talking with Abraham and Abraham begins to bargain with God. Okay, We would think, well, that's just not on, right? We can't talk to God like that. But what I want to see is this heart of entering in because we want to improve our relationship with people and with God. That's what it's about. And if you think about it, the way we relate with people is often the way we relate to God, isn't it? If I don't listen to other people, I'm not going to listen to God. It's a little bit like what what we're talking about in the offering time. You know, if you're not faithful with the things that you have, the things that you see and the things that you know, touch, feel and live in, and you're asking me for this heavenly treasure, you don't even listen to people, you're not going to listen to me. And so we often find that the way we act with people is pretty much how we either think God acts with us or the way that we act with God. So... I'm going to start at verse 17 of Genesis 18. I'm really sorry I don't have this on the screen today, so just bear with me. This is God speaking. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked. 
For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I've singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. And I'll do for Abraham all that I've promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I've heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away or spare it for their sakes? Surely you would not do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why, you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? It's pretty bold statements, aren't they? Surely, God, you should do what's right. And the Lord replied, If I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I'll spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord. Even though I am but dust and ashes, suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50, will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, I won't destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further, Suppose there's only 40 And the Lord replied, I will not destroy for the sake of the 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said again, Then, sorry, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only ten are found there, and the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned his ten. Now that's sort of a a bit of a long passage there, but basically what we're seeing is Abraham's negotiating with God. What is it about this negotiation that was good? What was the heart in it from each of them? What did they want? So firstly, Abraham was welcoming. Now this is earlier on in the passage. He welcomed the three men that turned up to his camp in and he, he began to feed them. So he said this, My Lord, he said, if it please you, stop here for a while. His heart was open to draw near. Abraham had the posture of a servant. He was humble. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. When we enter into conversations, we must enter in with a humble attitude. How often do we enter into these sorts of things with the, I want my rights, I want my ways, and that's our whole direction. How do I get what I want? This is not what will be very good at all for communication and it certainly won't be any good in conflict solving because what we're doing is trying to fight for our rights, not do what is right. What we're trying to do is get across what we want. And come on, let, let's think about Facebook. Is that like that? There's, there's a whole lot of comment but very little conversation. It's really about who can hit harder until the other one gives up. There's not really an openness to hear and, and the whole idea of that conversation is to I want my way, you better give it to me and if you don't, there's going to be consequences. Now that's okay sometimes. There are times when that happens. 
But really, as people of God, we're told to not only look out for our own interests, but for the interests of others. That includes people in our family. That includes my wife. That includes my husband. That I shouldn't be only looking out for my own interests, but the interests of others. And often, we take the word of God and we apply it to everyone, except for those in close relationship with us. So we'll read something that says, be kind and tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And we're like, yeah, we've got to forgive everyone, be kind, tender and loving heart and go home and yell at our wife or husband. With this hardness of heart, it's like we haven't really listened to the word of God. Somehow that communication is not getting through. So Abraham had that posture. He was humble. He was like, I'm only dust and ashes. He came with good reasoning and he came near to God. The other men turned and headed towards Sodom. Sorry, beg your pardon. But the Lord remained with Abraham Abraham approached him and said, if we want communication to go well, we have to learn to be approachable as God was and we have to also learn to approach. We can't just let things sweep under the carpet if we want peace, if we want joy in our lives. He was very clear with his desires and he wasn't fighting for himself, was he? He was... He was saying, God, if there's any righteous people, spare everyone. Abraham did not come in with selfish motives and that's what we need to be careful of when we're communicating that we are not coming in with selfish motives. It won't work. That's called manipulation. And that's as close to witchcraft as you can get. He understood God's nature. Surely you wouldn't do such a thing destroying the righteous with the wicked. When we come to communicate with people, we have to learn to understand them. Abraham understood God. He knew his character. Now, God's got a righteous character. Not everyone we talk to does, but we need to understand people. Why do they do what they do? What is it in their life that makes them react the way that they do? Now, we're not going to bury down into everything. This is only touching this message, this series on communicating. But I'll tell you what, if we start to apply this together, it's going to work really well. He was willing to negotiate. His actual outlook was to look for a win-win. Okay? So he wins, God wins. God wins because he didn't have to destroy the city and, and he wins because not everyone in it got destroyed and he, he, he wanted that city to stay. It was like... Let's look for something that we both win in. So often we think it's all about me losing and someone else winning when we're entering into, especially with conflict, it's about someone has to win and someone has to lose. But when we do this in a godly way, it's all about building each other up, getting a desired outcome and hopefully getting a godly outcome. But you can do that in your business and in your workplace as well. You're thinking, how do we all win? What's the outcome that we're looking for? God, he wanted to be clear in his communication. How many people use <laughs> veiled messages? A look. Now, you might recognise looks from people you're close to. You go, mm -hmm. we're talking when we get home. Or, you know, they're angry with me. Or... They're confused, but they haven't really told me what they want. They're not talking to me, but I don't really know what's wrong. Communication that is not clear is very, very messy. It's bad enough when it is sort of clear. You know, you know even when you think you know what's being said, 
that's bad enough, but when you really don't know, when it's all up in the air, when it's like, what are they actually really trying to say? Why haven't you just come out with it? Communication and conflict just grows and grows because we are living in a state of confusion and things aren't coming out. And this is what God said, Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. What he's saying, we don't do that as friends. We don't do that as people who are communicating with each other as God was with Abraham. We don't do that. Why are we hiding things from each other? Why aren't we opening up communication? There's a lot of reasons why we don't. Like I said before, there's fear. Well, in the past, this has been the consequence. I've been focused on me being hurt, maybe even. But every time I do it, I feel so hurt, I feel defensive, which is probably my um, general way of dealing with things when people say things. It used to be. It's not anymore. But that was my character. It's like, I don't know why it was, but I'd be very defensive. Well, it's obviously about me. Suddenly it didn't become about an issue, it became about me. And because it became about me, and I shouldn't have to change anyway, all of a sudden the communication became almost impossible. Have you ever felt that in your life? Where, where someone's just trying to help, correct, encourage, whatever it might be, it becomes about you. You're attacking me. But in reality, as good communicators, we need to learn to be able to separate issues from people and from feelings and be able to work on the issue and put aside our sometimes our brokenness of why we're hurt, sometimes our aggressiveness of why we're hurt. People react in different ways. But either way is really designed to be a selfish outcome. I don't want to talk about that because it hurts me. I'd rather not fix the problem because I don't want to feel bad. Or you will do it my way and I don't care what you think, it's going to happen that way. Communication is not good at all. God was entering into discussion. At the end of that passage it says, when the Lord had finished his conversation <laughs> with Abraham, he entered into discussion. He was willing to listen to Abraham. And this is going to be important when we come to that, that point in the series about actually talking, to understand that God wants us to tell him what we need. And yet so often we hold that back, thinking that maybe God won't listen to me. But his ears are open to those who are seeking him. He also understood Abraham's heart. So as we go through this series, it's firstly, I want you to adopt this attitude that I'm going to be humble. If something comes from the front that I don't want to hear, please open your ears. Adopt this humble attitude I'm willing to learn. You don't have to believe everything. You don't even have to take everything and do it. But I'm pretty sure that as we talk about it, you'll hear some things and you'll go, you know what, my area of life that's that needs to change. I need a change. Because in the end, God has called us together as a church, as a body, to grow together, to encourage and uplift one another, but also so that we can walk into the truth. And the truth always requires change. It always requires change. But when we speak the truth to one another, what do you think that means? I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind. I don't have any relationship with them, but I'll tell you what, they need to be corrected. 
That's not truth. What did Jesus say is truth? His word. His word is truth. And so what we've got to do is suddenly change the way we're thinking that just what I think is not the truth, God's word is the truth, and how am I going to speak that into people's lives to build them up, to make them effective in the body, to make us together this amazing team, this one little part of God's big body, the church, throughout the world, the one place where we congregate together, but can we be an effective part of the body? We certainly can't without good communication, without growing together, without talking about things, without solving problems, without pushing through issues, and we don't want to run away, do we? Because that is sometimes our first response, I'm just getting out of here. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to change. I don't want to listen. And you might even be right, but you just don't like that conflict because it's never worked in your life because you didn't know how to communicate and the person you're with didn't know how to communicate either. So let's just run. Let's split. Let's go. Let's leave the church. Let's leave our workplace. Let's leave our relationship. Let's leave our family, whatever it might be, because I just can't face it. So what I'm asking is that as we go through this, that you would listen really well and you would say, you know what, I want to learn how to communicate better. And it matters because if we do that, we'll be able to walk in unity as a church and we will reduce the amount of conflict. And when we do have it, we will be able to solve it because we're going to look for the truth, which is the word of God. I remember I had another... Another friend, <laughs> gee, my friends are being mean to me. <laughs> Who had thought I'd said something? Again, that thing a long time ago. It was like years ago. Never came and checked it out with me. And we were separated for a number of years as friends, but finally we met together again and we were talking one day and, and he just brought up this thing. He said, you know what, for about... Gosh, 15 years I've been holding this thing against you. And I said, what is it? And he said, well, you know, it was, it was a workplace thing and someone had told me that you'd been doing this about me and saying this stuff about you and it, was not, it wasn't just little petty stuff. It was like stuff to do with careers and stuff like that and basically questioned his character and I was willing to back it up with writing and all this sort of stuff. I said to him, what are you talking about? I said, that person that said that, do you trust them? He goes, no. Do they lie to you all the time? Yes. And so for 15 years, you've held on to this and you never came to me and said, Neil, did this happen? Well, it didn't. I said, Je I said to this person, <laughs> John <laughs> Smith, John Smith. <laughs> what is it, John Citizen? Um, I said, that never happened. I would never do that to you. You should know that. You knew me. Why did you believe that? And this is where communication can be so damaging when we get it wrong. And when we don't go to someone like the Bible says and, and try and sort it ourselves first of all, we could have had a great relationship in between time, but there was a wall because of something someone said that I didn't say, they misrepresented me to someone else and they didn't come and see me. That's how, how bad it can be and, and there's obviously worse situations than that. There's wars fought over that stuff. 
People are killed and bombed and all sorts of things. So during this week, all I want you to do is think about your attitude when it comes to communication. All right? Maybe even if you um, watch some of those boring news shows like The Drum, which I watch sometimes, and or listen to some panels. I know maybe you watch The Project. How do they communicate? What do you think they're actually really trying to do? What are they trying to achieve? When you go into a situation, what are you trying to achieve? Just really think carefully about it. What am I trying to achieve here? And if you start to think, well, actually, I'm just trying to get my own way, or am I trying to achieve something with what I'm communicating now? What are the words I'm saying doing? So if we think about us as Christians, we're meant to be speaking life into situations. Are we speaking life into our relationships? We're meant to be seasoning our speech with grace so that the people that are listening to us are encouraged that there's this overflow of grace in our life or is my communication a judgment one? What's coming out of your mouth? Just be really careful to observe that this week. That's all I'm asking you to do. Am I being selfish? Am I demanding my own way? Or am I actually really looking for peace in this situation? That's it. Bit to think about though, right? Next week, we're going to be looking at how do I listen to understand because it is so important. We can hear but not understand, yeah? That's like me when I go to the shop. I hear it. <laughs> but it didn't get beyond there and go into there. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you love us. And Lord, I'm just praying that we will just all go on this journey together to learn how to communicate well to one another in a godly way, Lord. That you would bring us understanding and wisdom and knowledge and enlightenment, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your stuff. Work inside of us this week. Just make us aware of what we're about Begin to just correct us, Father God, with our attitudes. To just be humble when it comes to communication, Lord. And to be really, really aware of what we're doing this week. So that as we go through this series, Lord God, the things that you begin to show us as we open up our lives to you will begin to change. And Lord, it will bring greater unity, Lord, that we will actually keep a unity that is strong and stable in every relationship that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.